Welcome to Retain FM. This week, Pete explores the pros and cons of a commodity approach to your digital agency, versus a partnership model, and how that alters your approach to clients, sales, and industry activity. Hello and welcome to this episode of Retain FM. My name is Pete and I'm your host. And before we get into what we're talking about today, while you have your device in your hand, if you're listening to this in your podcast player of choice, please make sure you subscribe to the channel. And if you're watching the video version of this episode and you're on YouTube, please subscribe and hit like while you're there. Knowing that this content is getting to the people that need it the most is really key to the success of the channel. It's really key to me. Uh, and uh, really that is going to be something that is quite important with what we're going to talk about today. So today is something that I'm quite passionate about. And the reason I am, let's start here. The reason that I'm recording this episode is because a few days ago, I was in the uh, in a Facebook group of agency owners and got involved in what turned out to be quite a passionate discussion um, about something that really is quite simple. And I was quite kind of astounded how passionate people were on both sides of this. Um, but let me let me explain. So the discussion was started by a member of this group about whether uh, agencies should be should be responsible for moving their clients over from standard Google Analytics to GA4, the new Google Analytics. And by the time this episode comes out, uh, Universal Analytics will have switched off, and GA4 will be the only me- way of measuring Google uh, site traffic through Google moving forward. So the point of the poster was that they uh, analytics is always outside of their scope. Um, so should they even tell their clients about it or do something about it as we approach the, the switch off date? Valid question. I get that. That's not a problem. The view of the responses, however, was very mixed. Um a number of people said that they did it for certain clients, not for others. Uh, people had said that uh, yes, they'd done it as part of part of the course, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And but largely, the two polls came from these points of view. One was, no, it's nothing to do with me. Um, my clients don't pay for that, so it's it's entirely up to them. That was one side of it, and the other side was. Yes, it's entirely your responsibility. Why would the client know any different? They've come to you as the agency partner, therefore it's it's up to you. At least to tell them, even if it's not to action it yourself. And there ensued the two ends, the two spectrums, which became... It was like the immovable object and the unstoppable force. Neither was prepared to concede that the other was right. I'll tell you later in the episode which side of this argument I was on. But if you get to the core grips of this, the the real issue is that one side of the argument is talking very much about an agency as a commodity service. You're paying for X and X is what you receive. That is the top and the bottom of it. You get no more, you get no less. It happens reliably, it happens on a schedule, and so on and so forth. On the other side, however, you've got the opinion that Clients come to us and this is a partnership. Um, 
and together we build a client's business and their success reflects our success and and so the the sort of circle of evolution continues so that as they grow we grow they then become referral partners etc etc so what i wanted to do in today's episode is unpack a little bit about the agency as a commodity versus the agency as a partner type discussion um the purpose of this episode is not to say who was right or who was wrong in that discussion that happened on Facebook. So if anybody that uh, did take part in that discussion is listening to this, I am not trying to support you or criticise you in equal measure. That is not the intention of this episode at all. But let's just look at some of the some of the the differences between an agency as a com- commodity versus an agency as a partner. So firstly, let, let's work down the commodity side of things. So my my biggest issue, and this is where I will get on my soapbox, but my biggest issue with viewing an agency as a commodity service falls into two of the main things I'm going to talk about here, although there are others. The first is price. And the issue with working an agency model through a commodity mindset is that you end up limiting your service to things that are basically comparable from agency to agency to agency. So really, the only differentiator you get is price. And if you then project that opinion onto the client, well, the client's going to go for the best deal. If there's nothing com- if there's nothing separating agency A, agency B, and agency C other than the price that they're going to pay, well, as a as a businessman or as a business person, I am going to choose the one that makes most financial sense for me because if there is no difference, you know, if you if you've got three cars, we may use cars analogies quite a lot in this episode, but if you if you have three uh, three uh, dealerships all selling the same car, the same model, same age, similar mileage, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and the difference is that one's two thousand dollars cheaper than the other. You're gonna go for the one that's two thousand dollars cheaper. It's the it's the way that your mind works. It makes sense. So the issue, the first issue that you have with viewing your agency as a commodity is that you then put the differentiator on price, and that then becomes a race to the bottom, because rather than building things up, you're stripping things down. You're constantly looking for efficiencies to make yourself cheaper, to make yourself cheaper, to make yourself cheaper. That's the first thing. Linked to that very much is the is the perceived value of the company. Again, the more that you look like other people, the more that you lose that differentiating factor, the more standard your service looks. And therefore, the more that a client can see what's out there on the market and that the, the more everybody looks the same, the cheaper, inverted commas, the, you know, that, or the reduced value that seems to be. And that isn't good for my business, it's not good for your business, and it's not good for the industry as a whole. It's also not good for the client because the the client is... Clients aren't all the same. You're not going to get a one-size-fits-all model for the client. Now, this is entirely dependent on what you want to do with your business and what you want to do with your agency. If you want to stack them high, sell them cheap, and just get clients through through the door over and over again, then the commodity service will work well for you. If, on the other hand, you want to build a business that's that that has far higher profit margins and that that 
takes on challenges and that tries to succeed with clients and builds a reputation based on referrals, which are, as we all know, is one of the easiest income of, uh, of marketing into our business, the commodity service isn't going to work. Um, we've talked about the difficulty in differentiation and yeah, I, we, we don't need to go into that anymore. Um, Another issue with working through a commodity service is that your eye isn't always on innovation. It's not always on how good can this be or what's the next new thing or how can new technology... And look, we're, we're at the invention of AI right now, the advent of AI. And if you're in a commoditized service, you can only ever have half an eye on that because you've also got to have the other half of your eye on those efficiencies, on that price war, on that, uh, you know, on the competition, you're you're in that space. Whereas by working as a partnership, you you're in a different place. To that we'll get onto partnerships in a sec. The next issue I found is with customer loyalty and retention. If you go into the commodity business, you have to factor in a far higher churn rate of clients than you do if you're not in that commodity space. Um, that's either because your commodity is only a one-off, i.e. web development, for example. So a client, you do all that effort to sell to a client and they then, you do one project and that's it, you're done. There's there's nothing more to do until the client needs something else developing. You you don't have that, that longevity to your relationship. And Likewise, there's no guarantee that when they then need something next time that they will come to you because we could be talking years of a cycle here. So by by having that commodity, if you if that if the life cycle of that commodity is long enough, they may have forgotten that you even exist. Therefore, essentially, what, what I'm really trying to say is every client you come to is a brand new client. You've got to put in that Herculean effort to win every client the first time. Um, and that is a far harder nut to crack over and over and over again than people that know you as their partner and the, your go, you're the go-to. So in a nutshell, they're the five main issues I have with the commodity service. There are others, as I say, but I think... Within those five, we certainly cover the vast majority of issues that small to medium-sized agencies like yours and mine are going to experience. There are some some positives to the commoditized thing. You know, you can become more efficient. You standardize processes. You, um, you can train a remote team far easier to work through those processes and get stuff out the door. So I'm not saying it's all bad, not by any stretch of the imagination, but it certainly has more, in my view anyway, it certainly has more limiting factors than benefits. So let's just flip the coin. What's the other side of this? Well, you know, I'm talking about viewing viewing clients as partners rather than as, uh, rather than viewing yourself as a commodity service. And here's the benefits to that. Now, I can speak from my own experience with this because, as I mentioned in a previous episode, the agencies that I form was in my formulative part of my career with we worked very much on a client-based, a client services-based model. The client was king to us, and we did bend over backwards to serve them. With that came a lot of challenges, but you know what? We were like we were like the duck or the swan. 
we were graceful on the surface and underneath the legs were paddling like bilio in order to please clients. And maybe that's right, maybe that's wrong, maybe that's a model you want to work with, maybe it isn't. I'm just merely putting it out there as, as where I came from so you can maybe understand a little bit about my approach here. So the first is, let's counteract those short-term relationships straight away. We have clients that we work with for years. We've my agency, so, has been in business. We're in our eighth year. We have clients still that we signed in our first six months, paying us every month or every year for services. I'm not talking about hosting and domain reels. Yes, we have clients that do that. But for actual work, we have clients that have stayed with us the entire time. And those clients have been worth tens of thousands of pounds. I I haven't checked zero, maybe even hundreds of thousands of pounds to our business. And you know what? They're dead easy to work with. They're dead easy to sell to. They know that we're going to do a good job and they know that we're going to charge a fair price. And actually money therefore doesn't become an issue. Do you want to, you know, we think X would be good for your business. How much is it going to cost? It would be about this. Yeah, happy days. Let's get on with it. We have those long-term relationships. Therefore, our sales cycle is actually about finding more clients that fit that long-term relationship model rather than just another one in, another one out. We have improved collaboration with our clients because of this. We have built up a better understanding of our clients' needs. We have more trust. We have more loyalty. We have more empathy with each other. We almost, in certain cases, almost know what each other's going to say. And we know that we have each other's best interests at at heart with each other. And that is a very special place to be. You know, I'm very much of the belief that Look, life isn't always like a nice, easy curve or line that increases in the right direction. It just doesn't work like that. With our clients, we win together and we lose together. The plan, of course, is we do a heck of a lot more winning than losing. But the reality is that those losses sometimes happen. And by having this level of relationship, this level of trust, when those losses happen, we don't get shot. And neither does the client. The We we learn from it and we move on. Whereas in the commodity model, you have a month or two with a few losses and you're instantly out in your ass. That's it. You're gone. You're done. The That client has churned. You need to replace them with another one. And that other one's going to be a brand new sell. So we have that level of understanding, that level of trust. We also are able to show far more value to our clients because we're not in that mindset of, right, well, your contract says this, so that is all you get. When something like the GA4 migration comes up, for example, we're in communication with our clients. We, we, uh, you know, we managed to give them well over a year's foresight that this was coming. We could time when it made more sense for them to switch from universal analytics to GA4, or to, at least to install GA4 to, to get it going. So it was sort of a logical point, et cetera, et cetera. So that is a... You know, we we had that. We we could do that. We had the freedom to do that. And because of that, our clients appreciated it. This was an example that was given in the chat in Facebook, which was that, forget about the Google Analytics thing for a minute. Imagine this is you taking your car to the mechanic. And that year, the you know, it's become the law in your country that you need to have this new filter device fitted to your car. And you weren't aware of it. Well, your car's booked in for 
anything, you know, having the brakes checked, having a service done, having a, a road test done, whatever it might be, you would expect the mechanic to say to you, even if your car's booked in for something else, hey, don't forget, you need to have this new filter fitted. And if he didn't, and then you receive a uh, you receive a summons through the post or a fine or a penalty or whatever, however it works in your country, through the post because you don't have that filter fitted by the right date, you could go back to your mechanic and say, but hang on, you had the car two months ago. Why didn't you even mention this to me? And you see, that's, that's the same situation we've been in with Google Analytics. Most of our clients don't live in webland. That's the truth. We live in it every day. Just like unless you're a mechanic or a, a, a you know, a sort of amateur mechanic. we d I don't live in mechanic land every day, so I trust the people that I use to, to help me with my vehicles to inform me about the things I need to know. And I, that is the expectation. So what there, so why would it be the expectation be any different with me and my clients to do with their online presence? Now, okay, you might say, well, look, I have nothing to do with marketing. Very true. But there's nothing stopping you sending an email to say, hey, just to let you know, there's a big change coming. This big change is this. This isn't really within our remit, but we've heard about it and you need to know about it. So if you need more information, I suggest you either find somebody else or view these resources, et cetera, et cetera. But at least you, I've told you about it. The, the problem is in your hands. You need to go sort it. When you're flying a plane and there's two pilots at the front, there's never a moment when a pilot, one pilot takes his hands off before the other pilot has put his hands on the controls. In fact, there's this moment where if you want to swap control from one pilot to another, the pilot that's in control says, you have control. The second pilot then puts their hands on the controls, and only when they have control of the plane do they say, I have control, and the first pilot can let go. And for that split moment, both of them have control of the plane. Now, if you've got seven or eight hundred people behind you and I'm one of those seven or eight hundred people I would far rather two people are in control of a plane for a split second than no people are in control of a plane for a split second I know that's a life and death example but it's the same this is the same thing you've probably already guessed which side of this argument I was on um so moving back to the pros of being a partnership Having treated our clients as partners for the best part of a decade, I don't mean to be big-headed by saying this, but our agency does have a reputation that far exceeds its means as to where it should or could be. Certainly far exceeds its means if we'd just been doing commodity services. So we are known as an agency that helps people. It gets them out of a sticky spot. We're, we're known as an agency that fixes problems. That's what we're really known for. Those problems might be developmental or they might be strategy. But we fix problems. Now, of course, we do brochure sites and e-com sites and new sites and refreshes to old sites and all that kind of thing. But we also, the, the most valuable part of our work comes from solving problems. And the reason that we get those jobs is because the, the reputation that goes ahead of us is, look, if you really want a partner that's going to actually sit down, figure out what's best for you, and then get the best solution, you need to speak to Pete. And that's, that's how the business, the referral side of the business has grown. Um, because of that, 
we have a far higher engagement with our clients, we have far more interesting projects, and we have far more opportunities to innovate and to use these new tools, new services, new software, AI, whatever it might be, than we would if we were in the commodity space. Because in the commodity space, if we want to use those tools, we either have to add a new service or change our old service to accommodate them, which means changing all of our clients onto that new service. Whereas the way that we work is we get to play, we get to unpick problems, and not everything is the same. Yes, it's all going to be in PHP or WordPress or Laravel, because that's what we do. But it's that is an opportunity for us to expand rather than a limiting factor to rebuff, if you see what I mean. So ultimately, the shift from viewing clients as commodities or offering a commodity service to clients to viewing them as partners is more fulfilling. It is more productive. It is more profitable. And it is easier to sell. And ultimately, that benefits you as the agency and your clients. So now I've given quite a biased view of both sides of this coin, and I am aware it's a biased view. Uh, Let's come into land with this. Let's rerun the original issue, which is about the GA4 migration. Should you do it? Is it your responsibility as the agency, or isn't it the responsibility of the agency? I'll leave you with this thought. The commodity agency would say, this is not in the scope of the contract. It's beyond my scope. It's therefore the client's responsibility that's up to them. Right, so let's put ourselves in the shoes of the client then. What what does that say to the client? Well, does it say that my web partner, my agency partner doesn't care? Does it say that they're only really bothered about me paying their bill and them delivering a few things that or the things that are in the contract? Um, does it say that Whose business does it say is the priority to to you as uh, to them as the client? Is it, it basically is the agency just trying to look after their own business first and everybody else falls second fiddle, or are we actually working together here? And really, the issue here is this: it isn't what happens over the weekend that Google Analytics or Universal Analytics gets switched off, GA four takes over. That's that's not really the issue. What happens three, four, five, six months down the line when the client? tries to find some information out, realizes that Google Analytics isn't working, rings you, and you then have to say, oh yeah, it got switched off on July the 1st, um, but yeah, didn't, didn't you know about that? You should have swapped it over. You're not that client. You're on a fast track to a dissatisfied client with that. So that's the commodity agency side of things. The partnership agency, on the other hand, says to the client well in advance and we're I mean we're talking about this as I say around the time that that universal analytics is going to get switched off but we've known this has been coming for about 18 months so the partnership agency literally years ago has said to their clients and every new client that they've had since then uh hey you know, in the scope of everything, we do need to factor this in. Universal Analytics is being switched off. GA4 is going to be switched on. Don't worry, we'll take care of it. But in order to to cover it, we are going to need X, Y, and Z from you, whether that's some access or some money or whatever. I'm not suggesting you do these things for free. God, no. But you can, you can very easily position yourself you we are doing this for the benefit of our working relationship ultimately for the benefit of your business because if we don't do this 
then you're not going to have the tracking. So at least at that point, you've told them. And what is the client then going to think and feel in that scenario? Well, they're going to feel that, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about. They're going to say, oh, well, I didn't I didn't know that. Maybe they did know about it, but okay, it's now something I don't need to worry about because Pete and his team, they're going to take care of it. And then you ping them a quick note when it's done and say, right, it's up and running. They can run together until Universal Analytics switches off. We can forget about it now. It's all done. That is the difference. And it, it it's not subtle. In fact, it's huge. And in my mind, that is one nil to viewing, that's the first win of viewing your clients as a partnership rather than a commodity. Now, you know, the other thing with all of this is it took ages in this discussion for the switch to, to universal analytics to become a business development opportunity. And that is something that we've taken advantage of in our agency, absolutely. We saw it ages ago and we, we used it as a metric to help people come on to some of our plans and it did win us some business. Some of it was a one-off fee, some of it has turned into recurring revenue. But it, we looked at it and it became an opportunity, which again, if we just said that it's outside of our scope, we've then cut cut that off. Look, the industry threw you a bone when it did that. And if you haven't taken it, then, you know, whose fault's that? So, look, I'm very much on the side that clients are partners. Clients are partners of mine. I've now got personal friends that started out as clients. And we have very frank discussions because we've always had very frank discussions. I can be very real with them because I always have been. And those clients that we have that are, maybe they're not all friends, but that are on that trajectory, those clients that we have that are partners with us, when it comes to new things, when it comes to new ideas, when it comes to additional development, when it comes to SEO techniques, when it comes to all of that kind of stuff, it is so much easier for my business to grow because these people already trust me. I will never sell something to somebody that they don't need. Never. Because I have that. That's that's something to do with my own integrity. So I'm not just trying to rinse all my clients for every cent that they're worth. But on the same note, I don't have to fight that first fight for every client, for every sale that I make because of the clients that we work with. And generally speaking, I think they're great. Of course, we get some bad ones that come through and we all have to deal with that. That's a very different podcast. In fact, I've done episodes on that in the past. But whether you sit on the commodity side or you sit on the partnership side, please always see your clients as more than the contract that they're worth because ultimately that is what is going to grow your business that client let's say that of those two scenarios the partnership client and the commodity client those clients meet together in a pub just as the commodity client has found out that they have lost six months worth of tracking because their web developer never told them about it. And the partnership client is sitting over his pint at the other side of the table and says, well, I didn't, ours has been sorted out for about two years now. Um, yeah, we haven't lost any data. In fact, we've got more data than we can shake a stick at. And I didn't have to do anything with it. Pete charged us a hundred quid and, and uh, yeah, he just took care of it. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll give him your number. That is the reality of what will happen if you only view your clients as much as the contract that they're worth.
So I'll get out my soapbox. I hope this hasn't been too preachy, uh, but I hope you found some value in it. And as I say, even if you're running a commodity style business, please view your clients as more than their contracts. If you've got any questions, we'd love to see you in our Facebook group. Head over to peteverett.com forward slash group. Otherwise, I will see you in the next episode. <laughs>